I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, and we are involved in the study of 1 John, and we are continuing in chapter 2, 1 John 2, 18 through 23. Here's our first reading of that text, 1 John 2, continuing now, verse 18. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many antichrists have come. Therefore we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have all knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and because no lies of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. That's the reading of our text in 1 John 2, 18 through 23. John writes to Christians about their relationship with God. Because of the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ, we can obey the gospel and enter into relationship with God, fellowship with God. Once we have entered that relationship, it is essential for us to walk in the light, to live as a child of God. And John gives Christians instructions about what it means to walk in the light. He says, confess your sins, depend upon Jesus as your advocate in heaven, keep his commandments, love your brother, and most recently in our studies, in the previous paragraph, do not love the world. This is extremely useful information for people who are Christians and who want to continue to be faithful Christians every day. And so we continue in this video in 1 John 2, 18 through 23. To enter into relationship with God, and then to live faithfully that way of life, there are threats to be aware of. One is the world and the things in the world. And about that, John has just said, do not love the world. There is another threat to be aware of. The danger of people who claim to have information we need about our relationship with God, religious people, who claim we need to listen to them, but in fact, they are against Christ. Our protection against that threat is the truth revealed by the Holy Spirit. That's the essence of 1 John 2, 18 through 23. Now, here is the problem we have to address as we deal with this paragraph. People have heard about the last hour and the Antichrist, and their first thought is, this must be about the end times. 
This is prophetic, and there is some single individual we need to identify who will someday emerge and who is the Antichrist. That's all wrong. That's not what John says. Notice three simple things. John doesn't speak of the last hour as the end time. He says it is the last hour. John said that when he was writing. John wrote this near the end of the first century, approximately 2,000 years ago. John doesn't say he's talking about something way off in the distant future. Rather, he says it is the last hour. John doesn't say we need to look for some individual antichrist the end times. He says, even now, many antichrists have come. Not one, but many. And they are already on the scene at the time John was writing, doing their work of opposition to Christ. John teaches that their protection, the Christians he was writing to, their protection against this opposition to Christ was and is today the truth revealed by the Holy Spirit, truth that we have. John doesn't teach that those people were defenseless against this antichrist movement back then. He doesn't teach we are defenseless. John doesn't tell us to depend upon some charismatic prophetic preacher. John says, you know the truth, and that's our defense against any and all opposition to Christ. So don't let modern religious teachers and TV evangelists confuse your understanding of this. Just read it. <coughs> John said in the first century when he wrote this, it is the last hour. John said there are many antichrists. And John said, you know the truth. This is a warning of danger. The threat is stated, and the protection is stated. Just as the world is a threat, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life that we studied last time, there is this threat, those who speak in opposition to Christ. We must not let anything take us away from God. Now, let me speak next to a couple of the details in this passage. I hope what I say next will reinforce and clarify what we've already pointed out regarding the text. The last hour was apparently an expression commonly used in the early church to describe a time in the latter part of the first century, perhaps into the second, when false teaching about Christ and apostasy would become widespread. Paul and Peter both use terms like this. It is obviously not a reference to the so-called end times, since John says it is the last hour. Now, look at that phrase, the Antichrist. Through the years, people have identified the Antichrist with many specific well-known figures, Hitler, Saddam Hussein, Osama bin Laden, on and on. Sometimes people will ask me, 
Who do you think the Antichrist is? Usually, when they ask that question, they believe they know who the Antichrist is, and they're checking to see if I know. I do not believe the Antichrist is a single historical figure. I don't believe the expression was ever intended to identify just one evil person way out in the future. John tells us in this passage, there are many Antichrists. And his specific reference was to people who were against Christ, who left the church. Verse 19 says they went out. Generally, the term can be used to describe anyone or any influence that is against Christ. Specifically and originally, John tells us there were many who left the church, and John is clearly writing about something in his time, but the threat of false teachers has never ended. It is present today. The threat is today, but John is dealing with something specific back in his time. People who were not holding to the truth about who Jesus Christ is. For us, this means we must be on the alert, aware of people and influences that, if embraced, would take us away from the truth about who Christ is. The truth God has revealed. And the truth God has revealed that we have in the Bible is our defense. There is another part of this that deserves our attention and that is widely misunderstood and misrepresented. And I need to take that up now, the anointing. Various preachers in modern times will make the claim that they are anointed, implying that they have something that other preachers don't have or that they have been singled out for some special insight. And churches may advertise themselves as anointed or that they have anointed services or worship, again, with the built-in implication that they have something, some gift or power from the Holy Spirit that others do not have. These popular ideas, I believe, are way off base and not at all what John is talking about in this context. I believe this anointing is the work of the Holy Spirit that resulted in the written truth we have. Let me say that again. I believe this anointing in this context is the work of the Holy Spirit that resulted in the written truth we have. John and others were anointed with the gift of inspiration, meaning God used them to reveal the truth, the truth that we have in written form. We have an anointing or we are anointed only in the sense that we have the product or the result of the Holy Spirit's work on the pages of Scripture. John speaks of this anointing, and then he gives us this very simple phrase to understand it. You know the truth. Whatever spin anyone puts on the anointing, this is what John says it is about for Christians, our knowledge of the truth. 
See, knowing the truth, we can detect and discern the evil work of any who are against Christ, any who deny his humanity or his deity, and anyone in general who could use error about Christ to lead us away from God. So what I want us to do is, at this point, listen again from 18 through 21. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out, that it might become plain that they all are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have all knowledge. I write to you, not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. I have a commentary by Dan King, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John commentary, and I think he nails it down in this quotation. The truth seems to be something which he and they have entirely in common at the time of writing. These people are not new converts who require basic teaching. They are experienced Christian adults who need encouraging he writes, in order to discourage them from apostasy from the truth and to encourage them to continue standing as they have always stood. Let's move now to verses 22 and 23. 1 John 2, I'm going to read now from 22 to 23. Who is the liar? but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. If someone denies that Jesus is the Christ, they are Antichrist in opposition to him. And John says such a one is a liar. We need to be clear about what John is talking about. John is talking about the truth about who Jesus is, his deity, his humanity, his power to take us out of sin to the Father. We cannot risk any compromise or flirt with apostasy in regard to those plain truths about Jesus. It is this plain, Jesus is the Christ, and anyone who denies that or any part of the truth about him is a liar. They are speaking in opposition to the truth, and we should not be deceived. So, you don't have to be Hitler or Bin Laden to be the Antichrist or be a part of Antichrist thinking. If you deny that Jesus is the Christ, if you deny his deity, his humanity, by telling that lie, you become a part of what John calls anti-Christ. And in denying the truth about the Son, the liar steps out of fellowship with God.
The positive is, he who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Got it? Let's think about how we make this personal and practical. Number one, not everybody who speaks of Christ believes and speaks the full truth about him. And I think this is hard for us for two reasons. One, we are inclined to rejoice these days if someone just speaks of Christ favorably. But second, we may regret conflict. We may not want to go with conflict when what people say about Christ isn't what the New Testament says. This discussion seems to require an example. So let me give you an example. Someone you're talking to about religion, and they speak of Christ in positive terms, and you like to hear that. You don't want conflict. But then as the conversation develops, you hear that they do not believe in the virgin birth or his deity or his humanity or his resurrection. Now, as a follower of Christ, what are you compelled to do? Respond and try to take them to the truth. See, not everybody who speaks of Christ believes and speaks the truth about Christ in its fullness. And while that is regrettable and we don't like conflict, we need to be ready to defend our Savior. As John was clearly doing in this letter and urging his readers to do. Number two, we have the capacity, each one of us, to know the truth well enough to detect any error. One reason we promote daily Bible reading at Laurel Heights, one reason we have two Bible classes a week, one reason we open the Bible when we preach is so that we will all be equipped to detect error. I know people, and perhaps you know people, who fell into some error about Jesus Christ, and it turns out their knowledge of the Bible was sadly shallow. Bible reading, Bible knowledge, Bible classes, Bible preaching, that enables us to detect error when we hear it or read it. That leads me to number three. Our continued relationship with God requires that we discern between truth and error. You know, we love blessings and practical instruction, the study of virtues, the illustrations of love in the Bible. We must also love the truth God has given to us. And God requires that we determine what is truth and what is error, that we discern between truth and error. We cannot just assume that every religious person is telling us what we need to know. Search the scriptures. Know the truth and understand <clears throat> that truth is vital to our relationship with God. <clears throat> so let me read the text one more time. First John 2, 18 through 23. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that 
Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy Spirit, and you have all knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. One more thing. I was in the Army during the Vietnam era. I was never in Vietnam or in combat. I had a role to play here in the States, but I knew many men who were in Vietnam, friends of mine, who reported one of the difficulties they faced in the combat theater, not knowing who the real enemies were. It was called back then jungle warfare, and you could not tell by physical appearance whether a man was an innocent native or a friend or a foe. I'm saying to you, and I think John wants us to understand, that Christians have a similar problem. While we know the devil is the evil one, we also know he has ministers and servants here on earth who may not be detectable by appearance, usually or not. I've often said false teachers don't wear name tags. So we have to listen and pay attention. I mean, listen to God. Pay attention to what people are saying. Search the scriptures and avoid being deceived ourselves and be ready to help others who have been deceived regarding the truth about Jesus Christ and God and the gospel. This is our challenge, and I hope this study has reminded us how weighty this is. We continue at verse 24 next time. And remember, these sessions are brought to you by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ. Thank you for being with us.